Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. And 44% of loans on office buildings appear to be in a negative equity position, meaning the debt is now greater than the property value. And this is per the National Bureau of Economic Research. So when you're upside down and your only bargaining chip was equity to get out of this thing, and that's gone, all of your investor capital, your basis, gone, poof, right? And then you think about the distress and the chain effect that distress has on many different facets of the economy, whether it's individual investors, whether it's vendors, whether it's certain businesses that operate around those investors or those vendors. There's a lot of impact that is going to be seen and felt from commercial real estate this year. And we really have barely scratched the surface. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to today's episode of Money Moves, where we cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance, and a little bit of politics and current events to keep Why it spicy not? to help you on your wealth-building journey. As always, your host, Matty A., my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> Love that rolling of that tongue there. Goodness gracious. Hey. It's almost like you found out there's gambling in Texas. Oh, that's what you did. <laughs> We had a great weekend watching the 49ers take oh. down the good old Packers. Green Bay Packers. Man, that was a crazy game. If you guys both the both all the games this weekend, by the way, in the NFL were phenomenal. Yeah, Tampa Bay made a weird move though. I feel like they could have called a timeout and ran one more play. I do not know. Yeah, that's kind of wild, right? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go over in the boardroom. What did I tell you about Baker? Oh, he's legit. He's good, but he didn't win your parlay for you. Yeah, he did. Oh, would he have hit? Yeah, he threw over two. Come on, dog. Right. I hit it. I hit, take that back. I digress. I hit five of my six legs and I got paid double my bet. Okay. All like I know it's is my first time throwing a six leg parlay around and smacking it. I was just eating all of the bomb food that we made <laughs> and the one stressing that, until the, the one last that got me was Debo. Quarter. Yeah, he got oh, injured. Yeah, when he got injured. Yeah, I hit everything else. He'll be back, that. though. They said no hairline fracture. 
and it's looked like he's going to suit up this weekend. Yeah, I was I was expecting that. He looked fine. He just looked like they were like, eh. Yeah. What I think they thought was, we can take him out because we're not going to risk it and we'll do better than we think. That's a very good sign of why they paid that man the contract because yeah. when he was missing, there was a hole in our offense. Absolutely. We got some great updates for you guys today. We got some video sound bites and some new things that we're trying to work in. So bear with us. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see the videos and kind of reactions back to them. on YouTube. They've always been on on YouTube that we've been rolling them up there because yeah, many I people... love Google and Mark Zuckerberg is okay, <laughs> but my <laughs> my old YouTube channel got taken down with all of our podcasts, all of my videos, all my blogs. So we're trying to get no that idea up and running why. again. That being said, the show is on YouTube, and we're back. We've got some great content for you guys that we're going to work in some videos and some reaction videos and some sound bites and things like that to spice it up. Because I know when we get something put in front and we ask for opinions for Mr. Breed on it, oh, we're gonna, we're there's gonna, always we're gonna be, something we're, spicy and good to dig into. We got to so, run it through the, for the, through the YouTube filter first. I got to put that chip maybe in Maybe he's the reason Tom, I am that probably we got taken down. Because 100%. I said something with, with a letter in the alphabet that comes after B and has a number in there. And they're like, that person's telling the truth. Take him down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like I said, I love Google. That's I love YouTube. Yep. Man, Mark Zuckerberg. Now it's actually guy. now making sense. I'm like, I was racking my brain. How do we get taken down? We've Have you ever used sunscreen? The, the guidelines. Like lots of forever. sunscreen on your face before? Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. What does that have to do with YouTube? I love Google and I love YouTube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Today, we've got earnings coming out. Uh, that will be giving some insight and updates on that. We've got some updates on how this beautiful Bitcoin ETF panned out mm. according to all the Bitcoin bulls. We'll be getting a quick update on that. We've got some interesting shifts in the media, in Wall Street, in the climate around yeah. politics as a whole. Mm-hmm. Shifting in the direction of somebody that most people have been demonizing and, and attacking for countless years. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. And we'll actually get some sound bites on that. And then we've got, of course, some updates regarding rate cuts and yep. where that's at. And uh, of course, I've got some updates for you guys on some commercial real estate stuff, the real estate market as a whole, some very important legislation, actually, if you're a real estate investor that will impact you and your taxes. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Why don't we start by digging in with this shift we're seeing with Wall Street starting to move a little bit more towards Trump. It seems like... Yeah, because they want to make money. It seems like they've been very cautious about saying his name, backing him, and we're hearing more and more large organizations, large groups, for example, and Tone, you can pull up the Blackstone, Stephen Schwartzman discussion, as well as, yep, this is perfect. So we'll cue that. Co-founder, chairman, and CEO, Steve Schwartzman. It's good to have you on as uh, we get to see you here just about every year. It's good to see you, Joe. Look at that cut. The, uh, it looks like 19. I, I want to start with, it, it, there are opportunities in real estate, I think, that you're seeing, and, and even in commercial real estate. Then I want to hear about around the world. I know you're active too. And with a trillion dollars, we look at you, We wherever there's an opportunity, we think you have the people at this point to find things like that. So what well, do you see? Right now, European real estate is, is very interesting, which probably is a surprise to people. But what's happening is that interest rates were really, uh, in Europe, were negative. 
So people could borrow money very cheaply. And, and now their cost of money is five or 600 basis points higher. So people who use debt to own their portfolios really are struggling and they have to pay down debt. So they have to sell assets. And we're one of the few people in the world who, who have a lot of money and like to buy things. So what kind of deals are you getting? What happens, Becky, is people approach us with portfolios to buy. And we say, thank you for the opportunity. But we're actually only interested in buying a few types of real estate. Mm -hmm. We really want to buy more warehouses, more student loans, one or two other classes. If you could take this pile of stuff back and just give us what we'd like, we'll buy it all. And so what tends to happen is they go back and they find all of the stuff of the type we'll buy and they come to sell it and they often bring their best stuff. So we're able to buy wonderful pieces of real estate at prices that work for us and they get liquidity. And this is the start of, you would call it, a a distress cycle, if you will, for those owners. But it's not super low prices if you're only taking the premium properties that you want, right? Am I wrong to assume that? You're you're getting them cheaper than market where you wouldn't buy them. Right. So it's it's turned into a very good opportunity. Do you think those value plays we're seeing in Europe are going to be coming to the U.S. soon? Not real fast. We're starting to see other interesting things to buy. Some of the public companies have struggled a bit. In the U.S., you're talking about. In the U.S., Mm -hmm. on prices. As we look forward to 2024, we think we're going to be a lot more active in 24 than we have been. Definitely want to talk about politics here, Steve. But I want to talk about China, I think, first. You've had a long relationship with China. How has it changed? How do you view everything right now with all the work you've done there, investments in philanthropic things, students, all the things that you've done there? So we've seen organizations like Blackstone and you got Jamie Dimon with Chase. You've got other big organizations that essentially now are starting to come out and saying that this increasing debt this lack of protection on the border, the disruption of and kind of division of right and the left mm. is really starting to reflect in the polls and people are starting to shift more towards Trump. Yeah. I just think, I mean, honest to God, what I think it is, ask yourself who you could put up with more. Far left liberal person or a far-right conspiracy theorist person? And I'm talking hardcore QAnon and all that crap like Trump's flying the Pope out with gold type (laughs) stupid shit that I've heard. (laughs) I would rather put up... I've dealt with both. I will tell you, you can pat one on the head and smile and walk away and one will be fine with having their own beliefs and one will want to like literally attack you and fight you because they view words as violence. People are just getting tired of liberal people. Not Democrats, even though that's what they are. They're getting tired of liberal people. I mean, I've been fed up. I fucking hate liberal people. I'll say it straight up. And I don't like people that are on the far right, far right either. I don't like that. I think if you want to be a Democrat, if you want to be a Republican, center left or center right, and going a little bit more is fine. But we don't need any of that shit. It, all it does is causes divisiveness. It slows down business and productivity. It slows down profitability for people. It is not good for people. 
it's just the climate that politics has been put into because the powers that be, this is exactly what they want. Yeah. They got me arguing with somebody else that doesn't like me because I'm white. Yeah, because I had a choice. And telling them that I hate them because they're black or because they vote a different way. It's a bunch of bullshit. I don't care. Could care less about if you want to go marry a squirrel and tomorrow you're a giraffe. And as long as it doesn't involve me and your money's green, I would be happy to help you. I'm not going to subscribe to your lifestyle, but I'm happy to help and be a normal human being. And I don't know where where that mentality went out the room because I know how I like to do things, but you, whoever you are, that don't do things the way that I don't like to do them, you can do it your way. Just don't involve me and don't ask me to do things your way because I don't want to do them your way. Just like you don't want to do them my way. So how can you impress impress, impress something upon me you don't want done yourself? It's hypocrisy it's an, it's, and it's exhausting. Because honestly, they're, I think they're, that's the, a, that's, they're the biggest that's right group there. of fucking idiots too. They have no basis in what they believe in. They're just, it's like college kids. It was unfortunately, I sound like an old person now. God damn. Damn. But damn. it's like college kids. Yeah. And one of the it's like saddest graphs I've, I've seen recently is a poll taken on age groups of people who think the Holocaust was over-exaggerated and not real. Oh, I saw and that. And 18 to 24, sad. which is college-age students, it's the highest. And it's the highest it's ever been ever. And I misinformed, that's ignorant, com- comp- and that's just exactly the fact that you would even bite on that. How disrespectful to I know the Jews and Jewish thing with the Palestines all going on right now. That's not why I'm bringing this up. I'm saying how disrespectful to something that's so blatant that it did happen. There was a world war fought over it. Millions of people died around the world, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are now getting to a point where they're trying to discern and dissect their emotions from the results and how those results are impacting their lives, their families, their businesses, their state policy. And if you want to pull up really fast, I think when we start seeing these kind of discussions happening in the mainstream news, on the mainstream media, there is a shift in sentiment. And you can pull this up around... CEO of the largest bank in the United States. and, And before you play this, Jamie Dimon has been very good at being bipartisan. Yep. We're about helping our clients make money. We're about setting proper policy that is tied into the goals of the U.S. economy and how that impacts the global economy. Like he's been really, he's been a great politician at playing. He's been water. Both sides of the aisle. But now you're starting to see more and more of this kind of stuff come up. This is a result of policy and an administration that ultimately is shown to have failed results, even though they want to say that and manipulate the data to support their narrative. Worst president ever. Facts. Well, when you start getting more and more people that were very in the middle and trying to say, hey, let me, let's play nice on both sides, guys. Now starting to shift, right? And we've been talking about, and why I'm bringing this up is not to sit here and talk of, you need to go right or left on politics. This is to say that there is a sentiment and a shift in big culture and in smart money. Mm-hmm. And when smart money moves in a direction you better believe that it's well thought out. And they believe that their interests are aligned. Therefore, movement, activity, money, energy goes in that direction. 
And I'm starting to see more and more of that energy, more and more of those conversations happening with people that were very narrow first, starting to veer in a direction. Because one, obviously, we're getting closer to we're in an election November. Year, yeah. And we're in an election year. But why we're bringing this up is because if they're starting to move in that direction, there's cues and clues in that on how it can impact you, your money, and your investment decisions in Amen. the market with real estate. So just share this really fast because... Legislative risk. He does... The Democrats will think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. When people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting... And they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. And But I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's talking about NATO. Boom. Kind of an immigration. Yep. Yep. He grew the economy quite well. China, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't like no, what he no, did. No, I said, and I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like, but he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. It's, I, I agree. It's done quite and the Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? I mean, and, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully, right? When you hear more and more of those conversations happening, all I'm saying is there's a turning in the tides that tells me what direction policy may be headed. And that's where we get to start strategizing and going, cool, how is that at the top of the line going to trickle down and start making a difference in the markets and our investments in the markets with companies that are playing in the markets with investors that are investing in certain asset classes or the markets themselves, right? And that's ultimately what I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to going into 2024 because there are shifts that are going to happen as a direct result of policy. Agreed. And the only thing that you should be worried about with politics is not the politician. It is the P word, but it's policy. It's, it literally is just policy. We've both said it. Joe Biden is a bad... I honestly think if you put Joe Biden and Trump in a room, people would tolerate Joe Biden more probably because he's senile. But he's a better He's better at throwing the, like the Obama card, a better orator, a better... That doesn't, make, that doesn't mean that I, I'm going to vote for him. His policy is terrible. Trump was not a great... Did not do a good job of presenting himself and has a lot of self has a lot of issues with his image and making sure he presents <laughs> a flat out narcissist. Yes, exactly. This is what it is. So in, in like, if you can deal with that, if you can put that aside, policy, just like Jamie Dimon said, policy was decent and actually better than decent. It was good. And that's all I care about. And I don't, I am super exhausted and tired of this being a popularity race for who can, you know, who can snap back and say the sharpest thing, who can do that. We have so much bigger things and issues to worry about, like Russia, like China and Taiwan. But are we gonna, when are we going to start making semiconductors in the United States? Why don't we trade a ton less with China like we are now at an all-time low and continue to trade with a better partner in a country that has more moral values with us, like Mexico? And maybe we can 
put money into that country and help rid it of some of the cartel issues. That'll take time, but that it'll take money too. All these things are so much more important. And yet we get bogged down with Donald Trump da, 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 said this. And I, I just hate it, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the election year. It's going to be a wild one. But it's ultimately what's exciting about an election year is when an economy is normally in one, you have the current administration going to probably pull and do anything that they can to keep the economy good and steady. And historically, we've not had a down market. I think in over, I think since the 1950s, I'll have to double check that in an election year. So it's very historically a good time to be invested. And that's the silver lining for me is we're going to make money this year. I don't know where 100% yet or how, but there's going to be money made for people, which is ultimately a really nice thing. I love that. Now, any shifts or changes in rate cuts and what mm. we're hearing and seeing of when that might happen, probabilities, any of that stuff? Probabilities have shifted. They just essentially flipped. But I'm not, I'm not scared to go into the night alone. Just like people were saying that there was going to be no rate cuts when it was a 56% chance of rate cuts in March and a 44% chance or whatever of a pause... I'm not going to jump ship because right now there's a slightly higher chance of a pause than there is a cut. And we're talking by like less than a 5% swing right now. All that's going to take is one CPI report or inflation report to show that inflation is continuing coming down. And I'll just quote the best I can because I don't know the exact words of uh, Fed Chair Powell. There's no correlation to the market having to be down for them needing to cut. They are simply looking at core CPI. And of course, CPI continues to go down. They are going to cut interest rates to loosen up the money supply so that, that we can get back to normal, business as normal. Mm -hmm. And that's I, just a lot of people are missing that piece. Now, because of the marketing all-time highs and because we're getting good retail sales data and because all these strong indicators are coming out, could that push rate cuts back to June? 100% and I'll be the first one to die on that hill if we get there. But right now we have a few more CPI reports between now and March and I'm still holding my flag that they're going to cut. What it. what is kind of the insider track on where CPI is really at according to what real inflation is below 2%. And I know that sounds wild, but I can tell you I I know for a fact. I have information that I get to see and as an investment advisor, an institutional one that I can pay for and get, it's at 1.98 today, Tuesday. It's at 1.98% today and it's trending down. It removes a lot of the, the backward looking data, which is what I said, driving and looking in your rearview mirror is not fun. But again, we have to play that game if that's the game that we're going to play. But they're going to start... That's going to start catching up very quickly. So if we say well, in March, they're going to be looking at February... And in February, they're going to be looking at January. And if they, if that's what the inflation is num inflation number is now, we call it the true inflation number. That's going to be what it is. And that number, historically predicting, because it's a it's an indicator that we get, it's been within 0.98 mm. of the actual CPI number that's come out. So it's a very accurate uh, forecaster. I'm not biting that CPI is going to spike again. I, we haven't, we've seen a rush back into the real estate market temporarily, but not this huge wave. I'm still bullish that we're going to have a good year on the equities front. And I still think right now I'm definitely in the camp that we have rate cuts coming, quarter of a percent rate cut coming in March. Talk a little bit more about we were flirting with the S&P 500 hitting all-time high and holding all-time high. Yeah, it did. It did. And maybe we can pull up that 
chart tone up on the screen. The new narrative now. What do we... Yeah. One, why does it matter if it breaks into an all-time high and holds in an all-time high? Mm -hmm. And and what does that mean to the average retail investor? So all indexes will eventually hit an all-time high at some point and then they'll, they'll continue to go through it until the pullback in 2022, we were at all-time highs. So whenever you're in a bull market, you're continuously setting all-time highs as you continue to move forward. And that's that's the goal. The idea is it gives a trend or a momentum signal that if people are willing to invest in an index or in companies and push the value to an area that's unseen, but continue to do that so that they're trading at a future... The stock market is a future-looking instrument that the value currently is at the highest it's ever been, that means in the future, there's a high likelihood it could probably continue to go up. So that's what it means for a retail investor. What the sentiment is, or what I see now, and I'm going to call them like my Twitter and my Instagram and my... Uh, God, I can't even... TikTok financial gurus. Oh, now that we're at all-time highs, I'm just going to short the market because we're, we're guaranteed to pull back. And that's just not statistically supported whatsoever. And I sent this to you because I wanted to make sure that we talked about it. This chart right here shows the average total returns back through 1988 to 2020. So it says present, but the data is audited through 2020. But it still gives us a good idea on what we can expect. The lighter green bar on the left says, this person just dollar cost averages invests on any given day, which is what I tell people to do all the time. That's not a bad thing to do because you don't want to try to time the market. The bar on the right, the farther dark color, is this person is investing, but they're starting their investing journey at all-time highs. And what does this? What are the rates of return from a one-year, three-year, and five-year look like? And on all those metrics, 100% of them, the person that starts investing at one-year, three-year, and five-years has more money when they started investing during all-time highs versus just starting on any given day. I'm not indicating that is a strategy to do. But what it does indicate to us is that just because the market hits all-time highs doesn't mean that you need to start becoming bearish or change your sentiment. No. Because really, when you look at that, counterintuitively, you would go, if I'm investing at a quote-unquote all-time high, the likelihood is, or at least my common sense means I'm getting in at a peak. Yeah. Well, then the opposite is really true. You're actually getting in at a brand new value that's never been seen before. So where could it go? Yep. We have already been here. So the better way to say is, well, that means that you should have got in earlier so you could get out at that peak. But again, this is the fallacy of timing the market. Nobody knows. Look at the stock market today. It was pretty volatile until about the last hour. And then we had a ton of volume come in and we ended up almost half a percent up on the major indexes. I think the Dow ended up in the red. The point being is staying in the market, investing. And then when you see things like this, and I tell my clients this all the time, shout out to Sean. He hit me up this last week and and acted on this. It's a good time to put money in the market. Lump sums. If you have money sitting in in your bank account, if you have cash sitting that's uh, stagnant, I would highly recommend putting it into your investment accounts. If you're one of my clients and you're thinking about it, you should reach out to me and talk to me about it because I would recommend it. It's I'm doing the same thing myself. Yep. Um, it's a good time to be investing because sentiment says that we're going to end likely over 5,100 on the S&P 500. That's, a couple, that's at least uh, 6% up from right now. 
that's going to beat inflation. You're going to get paid dividends from that. And last year when we forecasted uh, where the S&P was going to end, not only was everybody wrong, including myself, we were wrong in the right, meaning we forecasted it was going to be a five and it was an eight. Mm -hmm. So I think that same thing can happen again. And especially if we get an administration change, that is going to fuel huge... If, if Donald Trump gets elected, because I'll say what it is, it has to be. Donald Trump gets elected in November. The stock market will absolutely, like it did in 2019, Christmas trees. Holy it's gonna crap. Tear. Because the, the first thing that's going to be expected from a legislative side is tax cuts. That means corporate profits are going to go up. When corporate profits go up, they pass it through to shareholders via dividends or uh, stock buyback, which pushes the price higher. It's all riding on the wall. All that has to happen is people need to stay calm. They need to stick with their plan like we tell people to do. And they need to execute on that plan. It's similar to when you go and buy a piece of uh, commercial real estate. Right now, if I was in that zone and I was the expert, I would probably be licking my chops. It's like 2022 for the stock market. Things are on sale if I'm thinking, if I'm understanding correctly. (laughs) But not everything is a good buy. Yeah. So you have to be tactful. Yep. That's why... Wise Vester is going around. Why we have that offering so that we can teach, we, Matt can teach you guys and I can be there for your resource for the other stuff. How to get that $50,000 of passive income a year from real estate, how you can leverage into that and then use those type of assets. So like you're doing, fund your traditional assets so that they can meet halfway and have the symbacy. It's going to be a good year for the stock market. It's looking like it's going to be a really um, good Thursday or Friday this week. We get PCE numbers. I think they're going to be the lowest they've ever been uh, for the last three years. So things are looking up and up. I don't get the sentiment shift from uh, no cuts to or from uh, cuts to no cuts, but I just think it's the strength of the economy currently. Yeah, and makes sense. And again, guys, if uh, you want to connect with Ryan and his team, easiest way to do that: text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555, whether that's a portfolio review and x-ray, a plan workup, completely complimentary for all of our Millionaire Mindcast listeners that reach out to that channel, or it's discussing any of these other things that we've talked about. Yeah, life insurance, infinite banking. How does that work? Is it right for me? You can just get an honest opinion. I'm working with a listener right now that's got stuck into an insurance policy by somebody that didn't maybe necessarily have their best interest in mind and kind of working to, you know, figure that out. So there's all sorts of stuff we can do to fix things. The bottom line is it's honest, it's free. And if your car, if, if you drive a car, you know, it's time to change the oil. They, they take a look under the hood and they do a full service check for you. That's probably something you should do in your portfolio every once in a while if you haven't done it. Yep. So X-ray 844-447-1555. And of course, all of you who are interested in commercial real estate, the Wise Investor Collective, wiseinvestorcollective.com. You guys can get more info there. All right. So let's rewind a little bit. And go back two weeks. And the main narrative and discussion in the world of crypto was the Bitcoin ETF. Ah. And all of the amazing things and Mm. what this means for Bitcoin and crypto as a whole by getting approved, this Bitcoin ETF. And now we've got a little... We got a little distance between this happening rolling out the results and what we saw transpire once these approvals were done. What is the consensus? Where are we at with that? 
And was this as big of a deal as everybody in the crypto world said it was going to be, at least in the short term? In the short term, it's panning out to be exactly what we thought, which is just a nothing burger. And again, it was to all the points that we were saying, this is exactly the opposite of what Bitcoin Marxists want. It's custody held at a third party. It's not you holding the Bitcoin directly. It's not using it as a currency. It's betting on it like it's an asset or speculating on it. So it's doing it. What it did is, again, hats off to the regulators. They did actually a funny one here. They really just tricked people into letting them do to Bitcoin or put it into a, a category that nobody wanted it in, but they just forced it in there. It's a speculative asset. There you go. Go speculate on it. And we're going to charge you fees now. Now that those fees are getting charged and passing through to these custodians, we get taxes from it. So you know what? If you're going to pay us to be an idiot, pay us to be an idiot. The funniest thing is like I was saying, the fee thing is going to start rearing its ugly head and it already has for like scale. I'm seeing like a lot of money and they're just transferring to Coinbase. Yeah, I saw that. Let's see if I can pull that up. Yeah, I saw some A other. lot of... And I'm, it's like multiple people are reporting on it. And it's because... Why are people paying 1.5% for somebody to hold your Bitcoin? Yep. When you can literally get it held at Coinbase for free, and they'll even insure your account for like 20 bucks a month. I'm not endorsing Coinbase whatsoever. I use Coinbase One to hold all of my cryptocurrency. I don't care if it's the best because I don't care about cryptocurrency that much. But it's, it's an interesting thing. And it points down about 10% in the last... A week alone, and it broke below forty thousand uh, today, which honestly was a huge currently support. at thirty nine five. Yeah, it was a huge support. It could definitely bounce off of that and come back, but Bitcoin breaking below that forty thousand. If it continues to trend down, I would expect it to go into some sort of bear cycle. People think it's going to pop up here soon, but I just don't know what catalyst would bring that in. If the one thing that I can say is. I would definitely expect the crypto market to start doing well once we get into a more consistent, less choppy uh, bull run. Essentially, once we start, once we have our first interest rate cut, that could be another. That that's a people are going to have extra money. People have extra money. They gamble. They spend. They speculate. That could be a place where that money goes. There you go. Now, talk a little bit about we got earnings coming up again. Yeah, and obviously, I think the biggest one that many people are interested in is what's going on with Tesla. And is there any earnings around particular companies or stocks that you're paying attention to that you think will be exciting, underwhelming? Procter & Gamble released this morning and had a really good earnings call. Um, we own that for some of our clients for a dividend-focused investor. So that was a good that was good for our clients there. Probably the most notable earnings beyond that is going to be, like I said, Tesla. I don't really know what they're going to... I don't... I don't track Tesla that much because we uh, we speculate with Tesla a lot. Uh, kind of the largest U.S. manufacturer of automobiles, but they're also losing a little bit of steam because they've gone through their growth phase. They're going to turn into more like an Apple, but like a large cap growth. I don't know if that means they start paying a dividend. I don't know. Probably not what that means, but I think Tesla's here to stay, and they're going to be around for a long time. The goodwill value on the brand is like probably infinite, and people love Elon Musk. More lovers than haters. So I think that's a good thing. Visa, they handle 37% of the payment volume for credit cards and debit cards in the world. That's somewhere around seven or eight trillion dollars a year of, of purchase volume. Um, so what are you looking for there? I think they're gonna I think they're gonna give positive earnings. Interest rates were higher, so got to, they got to charge people more interest. People were spending a lot, so people were using their credit cards, credit card balances are high. So yep. 
I think Visa is going to report pretty good. And we own Visa from a lot of our clients. We own a good amount of Visa. Other than that, I think uh, the biggest thing is going to be the PCE numbers coming out. It's forecasted to be 2.9. We haven't had a number below 3% since March of 2021. So that's going to be a very big deal. And I think a good catalyst to push the market to have a nice green ending of the uh, week. Love it. Now, Tone, you can pull up uh, the Section 168 bonus depreciation. This is... Def- I, know that, I know that tax line. Is that the K tax line? Yes. Right. I know the four sections. 168K, baby. I know, I know 401, 457, 403. And you can play this video real fast just because it's a good little summary of what Congress is proposing additional tax breaks and you're focusing on some limits around the employee retention credit. But all I really care about is Section 168K bonus depreciation. Go for it, Tone. To be a huge win for real estate investors and business owners last week, Congress proposed some new tax breaks to include the return of 100% bonus depreciation. As you guys remember, it's currently being phased out. We are able to take 80% in the 23 tax year and 60% this year and as little as 0% in 2027. So this proposal will bring back uh, 100% bonus depreciation retroactively for 23 and beyond. I think it's a huge win for investors. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Big deal. Oh, yeah. It's a very big deal. They were phasing it out. Big time. So you think about a major incentive of owning commercial real estate. That's why I bought my wife. Oh, excuse me. That's why I bought a car for my business (laughs) at the end of 2022 because business... You might- Killing is my business, boys, and business is good. I was like, uh, fast. No, I bought it. I bought it, and I drive it for my clients in the snow. There you go. And I did that because the bonus depreciation mm-hmm. was getting lowered in California because California has an additional state. Because we top get of that. Yeah, and that was getting lowered to 50 from 100. So, Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Overall, though, I think this, as long as it gets approved and the fact that it goes retroactive to 2023, if any... And and whether you're an active investor 
this is just such a great tax haven for any investor that wants to invest passively and get their pro rata share of those tax credits in commercial real estate as well. So you don't have to be an active commercial real estate investor to get the benefits of this. So many different people that I know, I get all kinds of calls at the end of every year going, Hey, you got anything that you can get some depreciation from, right? So (laughs) this is a benefit to all investors, which continues to incentivize this vehicle, which ultimately is such a powerful vehicle when you think about commercial real estate and how it trickles down into the real estate industry and has such a large scale impact across so many sub industries within the industry of real estate. Mm. This is a really important one. So big news there, breaking news there. And um, keeping my fingers crossed that pans out and works for everybody. It's honestly better. Like the thing that I don't get is it's not free to do a cost seg. No, that shit costs thousands of dollars. Yeah. But it saves you hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, would you rather, I feel like the easiest thing for them to say is we'd rather get less easy money, which doesn't cost us money to get when people are down to pay for cost segs and we'll just tax income, which is on these companies. Mm hmm. Or do we want to fight somebody that has a lot of these old tax codes? They can do this. They still have a 1031 that they can do. Smart money would to me would be like, let me just take the money I know I can get because there's bigger fish to fry. And honestly, it's good for the economy as a whole. Big time. It, it, ca- it, it creates jobs, create payroll taxes, payroll tax rates. I, I don't I understand don't get, yeah. why they were going down that path because ultimately they're disincentivizing a very core pillar and product of the economy yeah. in a big way. And so to me, it kind of showed me that this administration, and you can kind of see with a lot of the policy and how they've done what they've done, is that they almost don't feel like... I don't think they care as much about real estate anymore as they once did. did. I don't think they care about a lot of things that they say they did or they, yeah. or they imply that they do. But evident by the uh, Here's again, what policy. I do know. There's, again, massive opportunity coming. And like you said, there's a lot of investors licking their chops. And I'm one of them. Because there are billions of dollars of debt that will fall due this year on hundreds of big US office buildings, multifamily buildings that their owners are likely to struggle to refinance at current interest rates. Even with rates dropping. Cash for keys, baby. I can't tell you how many people I know took bridge financing on a short turnaround thinking that rates would stay where they're at. I didn't can't tell you how many people underwrote pro formas and rents at an increasing percentage of X when it really either plateaued or it actually retraced a little bit. I know so many people that they just didn't structure their investments intelligently on the buy. And you make your money on the buy and you realize and actualize it in the shift that many people don't plan for. That's part of the value add of commercial real estate or making sure that your assets are stabilized in a good, a flat, or an inc- or a decreasing market. And I think we're seeing that right now. About 14% of all commercial real estate loans. That's a pretty big chunk. And yeah. 44% of loans on office buildings appear to be in a negative equity position. Meaning the debt is now greater than the property value. And this is per the National Bureau of Economic Research. So when you're upside down and your only bargaining chip was equity to get out of this thing, and that's gone... All of your investor capital, your basis, gone. Poof. Right? And then you think about the distress and the chain effect that distress has on many different facets of the economy, whether it's individual investors, 
whether it's vendors, whether it's certain businesses that operate around those investors or those vendors, right? There's a lot of impact that is going to be seen and felt from commercial real estate this year. And we really have barely scratched the surface. It's yeah. starting at the top right now, right? You hear about the mall of San Francisco that was valued at north of a billion dollars slashed down to 350 mil, right? We're seeing it on the high level of smart money assets and Wall Street assets. And these individuals really starting to make rash and brash decisions based on the positions that they're in to protect their portfolios, to create additional liquidity, to save some of their portfolios and reposition assets, get bad debt off by literally just giving it back. And what kind of ripple effect that's going to have? The banks don't want that. So then what are they going to do with those things? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar cycle that we're going to see in a different context and capacity that we saw post-financial crisis in 2008. But it's starting. That assembly line of decisions and consequences and opportunities is starting to fire up. And it's happening at the very top of the skyscrapers right now. But eventually, it's going to make its way down to Wall Street or to Main Street. And that's where there's going to be great opportunities. I'm already seeing sellers that didn't want to have a conversation or be flexible on their price or their terms or structuring a deal. All of a sudden, 12 months later, the market beat them up. There was crickets. There was no deals to be had and no transactions being made. And therefore, I'm getting more and more calls from brokers and sellers that are going, Hey, are you still interested? Hey, are you still buying? Hey, we might be open to that seller finance conversation. Hey, we might be open to dropping our price a little bit. And that's on stuff that is not distressed. So think about the stuff that is going to trickle out that is distressed. Big time opportunity there. And I cannot wait. So that is where I think you're leaning into relationships, your communities, and just digging the well before you want to scoop the water is going to be very critical in 2024. Agreed. And whether it's single family or it's commercial, in, in terms of real estate, there's always going to be opportunity. But... The vertical and the, the moment of the market is going to be commercial real estate. And as you there's many different asset classes in commercial real estate, there will be opportunities in all of them. But we know that there's going to be some of those that are going to be hit a little bit harder, right? Multifamily, office in particular, and certain retail, depending on what markets those are in and the makeup of those retail complexes. But I am telling you guys, legends and family trees and... Future generations are going to be changed forever based on the decision of one person who decided to lean in and take advantage of these opportunities in these type of markets. And they only come around ever so often in our lifetimes. And I can say that I wish I would have bought 100 times more in Mm -hmm. 2010, 11, and 12 when I thought I was doing enough. And in hindsight, oh my gosh, I was buying stuff for $75,000 that... I refied for $400,000 a couple years later. Just crazy stuff like that. That's going to be out there in commercial real estate. But the upside and those numbers are going to have a little bit more commas and zeros tied to them. And I think that is the kind of stuff that can completely change somebody's life, which is why I'm doing the Wise Investor Collective. So if you want to know more about that, check that out, wiseinvestorcollective.com. This is our real estate investing mastermind specifically focused on commercial real estate where people want to net $50,000 in a commercial asset and just do one a year but for the next 5 years to unlock that 250k and obviously the world is your oyster once you cross that threshold and we always talk about crockpot over microwave we love 100%. the quick hits we like the quick microwave dinners but at the end of the day we all know where the best dishes come from so 
whether it's single family or commercial, again, I like commercial for higher income potential, higher ROI and your energy, your effort on your skills, on your relationships. It's less management intensive, has a little bit more stability to market volatility and income stability. It's a little bit more predictable. And of course, I like value adds. So when you can force value with little effort and key skills, that's a really nice thing. And of course, like what we just talked about, the tax savings and depreciation opportunities there, they're just really hard to beat. You just can't find them anywhere else. Any final thoughts before we wrap up today on what you're paying attention to to close out the week and or set up next week? No, I, PCE is my, what I'm looking for this week at 2.9 or lower. I think that's going to be, I think that might swing us back to being cuts more in the favor and out of favor, but time will tell. That being said, guys, we appreciate you tuning in today. Let us know what you thought on the videos. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop some comments down below. If you're listening to this, all we ask, leave us a review on iTunes, any podcasting platform. I didn't realize we had a bunch of reviews on Spotify. I didn't even know people were listening on Spotify. But oh, yeah. if you are listening on Spotify, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, rocking with us each and every week on your wealth building journey. Until next episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. See you guys. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out and last don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. <laughs>